Hi, I'm attorney Paul Whalen from Afford Law. <clears throat> At Afford Law, we practice criminal and family law throughout Massachusetts. Our fees are based on your income, so the less you make, the less you have to pay. Today, I want to be addressing and uh, sort of telling you about the criminal justice process in Massachusetts. What are the various steps along the way? Uh, just to give you an idea of what, of what to expect. Uh, I won't go into any details on any one of them. We sort of take those uh, as they come on the other side uh, and focus on, on them one at a time. But uh, just to give you the big picture, I guess. So everything starts with an arrest. An arrest can be a physical arrest where the, where the police show up at the crime of the scene or come get you, put you in handcuffs, take you to the police station, go through the booking and all that. There are, so that's, an, that's a physical arrest. There's also what's called a summons arrest. So that means that you're being charged with a crime, uh, but the police don't come out to get you. Basically, the court uh, sends something to you. They send you a summons, which is a a document, a piece of paper that says you have to be in court on a certain day uh, to answer these charges. So in either case, you're being charged with a crime. Sometimes, depending on a number of factors, you may be uh, you may get a clerk magistrate's hearing. Uh, that's very important because uh, if, if you can convince the clerk magistrate that there is not probable cause to proceed with your case, uh, no no criminal complaint will issue. You won't get a uh, an entry on your criminal record. Um, not everybody is um, um, entitled to a clerk magistrate's hearing. Uh, basically, it's it's a for the most part it's a misdemeanor where you have not been arrested at the scene. There are some other exceptions and ch and changes as well, but that's that's kind of the uh, uh, the core of it. In any case, uh, if the case goes forward, uh, the first official step in the where there's a, a record created is the arraignment. That's the first time you go into court and the uh, court tells you specifically uh, what you're being charged with. They'll tell you at, at the arraignment uh, on the whatever the police department is, the Attleboro Police Department are saying on such and such a date, you were whatever, driving while intoxicated, that you broke and entered someone's home uh, and stole from it, or whatever the charge might be. So it officially puts you on notice of what exactly the government is saying that you did uh, that was wrong. At the at the arraignment, there are many things that happen. They could, the Commonwealth can ask for bail. They could be at, they ask, they could ask for you to be held uh, for a number of other reasons. Um, and in any case, uh, they will go forward. They, they will give you what they call an 802 warning, which is a warning that says if you get rearrested while this case is open, uh, you can be, uh, they can revoke your bail and put you in jail for up to 90 days. So that's a, a very important warning that they have to give. The next step is they will give you a pretrial conference date. That's when you come back. Uh, and that's the next step in the process for the most part. Pre-trial conferences are when your attorney and meets with the prosecution. Uh, at first, the most important things really are um, is discovery. Discovery is just information that gets exchanged between the parties. Usually, it's the Commonwealth giving giving discovery to us. So they have to give you things like the police report, any witness statements, um, any uh, photographs, video surveillance, if there are any other documents or whatever they have in their possession, they have to turn over to you. And as your attorney is going through the case, he or she may find other ideas of where there could be or should be other uh, information, other discovery, uh, and will file motions to, to try to get that. Uh, there's also discovery uh, and information that can come from a third source, a third party source. Uh, and uh, that's like, let's say that it's a shoplifting charge and there's um, video surveillance at the store uh, allegedly showing that you are shoplifting. Well, the store has that 
in their possession. The police don't necessarily. If the police don't have a copy of that, you can't go through the Commonwealth to try to get that from them. We have to file a motion with the court ordering that store to turn over the tape uh, tape to us. So that's a Rule 17 motion. So these are pretrial conferences. And all the whole time during the pretrial um, phase, if you will, uh, you, there's discussions of trying to plea out the case, trying to come to some sort of uh, agreement as to how the case will be disposed of or taken care of uh, short of trial. At some point, uh, the, that choice is going to have to be made, and that is a um, discovery compliance and election day. So once discovery is completed, you have to make up your mind. Do you want to, uh, what, what do you want to elect to do? Do you want to elect to take it to trial or are you electing to try to plea out the case and take it before the judge? If you're going to try to plea it out, you'll have a disposition date. Uh, that's a date on which you submit in the district court what they call a green sheets, although they're not always green anymore, uh, but they, uh, a tender of pleas is really what it's called. Um, commonly referred to as green sheets. Uh, and you're putting that before the judge uh, and asking the judge to accept your recommendation uh, to in order to resolve the case. Sometimes it's an agreed upon disposition. That means we agree with the, with the district attorney's office how we want the case to be ended. Uh, sometimes it's an unagreed upon disposition where we're asking for one thing and the district attorney's office asks for something else. We make arguments on each side and the judge makes a decision uh, what he or she would do in order to end uh, to end the case. Uh, if uh, the good thing from our point of view is when we do an unagreed upon disposition, we uh, if the judge gives us anything worse than what we're asking for, so if he exceed he or she exceeds our recommendation, we have the absolute right to withdraw the plea and then we can put it down for trial. Uh, and it's, it's as if that never happened. So uh, ultimately, uh, if if you can't plea out your case, the case will go to trial. It can be a trial where of a jury of six persons in the district court. Uh, we would help choose those persons um, to put on the jury. Uh, the Commonwealth has the burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt to prove each and every element of the case against you. And you ha they have to convince the jury completely. So they, there has to be a unanimous verdict from the from the jury, all guilty or all not guilty. If there's even one not guilty, it's it's a, uh, a mistrial. It's a hung jury. It's a mistrial. Um, and then we would take it from there. Um, it could be a, have a trial with a judge sitting without a jury. That's called a bench trial. But in either case, the Commonwealth still has the, the, the burden of proof. We can cross-examine their witnesses. We can present evidence on your behalf. You can testify on your own behalf if you chose to do so, but you can never be forced to. That's your Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Uh, very important uh, right indeed. So there's the trial, uh, ultimately a guilty or a not guilty, and then sentencing if there is a guilty. Uh, and if there, if it is a, a guilty, there could be uh, an appeal from that. Uh, there could be motions for new trials and stuff like that. That's what the, that's post conviction relief. Um, so that's a, that's a little bit further down the road. But that's kind of a roadmap, if you will, of the, the uh, criminal justice system. The criminal justice. Um, you sort of hit each each one of those milestones along the way. Uh, usually, there are a number number of uh, pretrial conferences uh, in order to get the discovery and try to work out some. Uh, uh, negotiation with the plea. So as I say, at a Ford Law, we do practice criminal and family law throughout Massachusetts, and our fees are based on your income. So that means the less you make, the less you have to pay. Really what we're doing is we're trying to give voice in the courtroom 
to the hardworking men and women of Massachusetts. So please feel free to visit us at affordlaw.org. Uh, and if you can, and if you uh, want to, please feel free to book a free virtual appointment with me. I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have about any criminal or family law matters uh, in Massachusetts. At Afford Law, we're making justice affordable. Thanks.